0: Welcome to the pop culture pop
1: podcast. Now, let's begin.
2: Listener, and welcome back to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. I'm your host this week. My name is Chris Lockhart, and we have a full roster tonight. We got all of our co hosts here, except for Jason. He's not here. Um, But we got everyone else, and we have a special guest. So, first up, uh, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin?
3: Uh, It's going well. Um, I don't know about you guys because you're all further north than me, but it got like really cold really fast.
0: No, nice, it's hella cold.
3: Yeah, it is. It is.
4: Yeah, it's cold wow, here. I'm wearing long pants for the first time. Yeah. I've, I to, um, like, six months. Yep.
0: Yeah. I, I've doubled up. Uh, especially oh. at work, i had to turn the AC off.
2: Yeah, we, we turned our fans off in the house, but I'm still rocking the shorts until, uh, until the last possible <laughs> second. I, I
1: refuse to wear shorts until Halloween. Or I, I refuse to wear pants until
2: Halloween. <laughs> Only shorts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, sometimes I can make it, but sometimes I can't. Yeah, it's either it's either short season or sweatpants season. Those are my seasons. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you are a grandpa now. I am. Yeah. Yep. Oh, true. Sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. So next up, we have Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Oh, good.
1: Hello, everyone.
2: Excellent. And next, we have Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian?
0: Well, it's mild chaos. I get my wisdom teeth pulled out in a week and a half, and I have a Ooh. convention to run in. <laughs> oh my god! We're yeah. having
2: fun. Good old wisdom teeth. Um, fortunately, I never had to get mine pulled. Mine just kind of grew in and just stayed. So, fingers crossed. So far, so good. Um, and last but not least, our special guest this evening is Mr. Chris Guida. How's it going, Chris? Oh, very well. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, for this uh, this episode might run a little on. It might not. I- I'm not sure. Uh, this is our first stab at a new franchise topic called Second Opinions. Now Just because uh, I'm ready for this podcast, I got everything booted up. Um, so this new franchise franchise topic, where we're going to pick two properties we had an opinion on, good or bad, and discuss why we have changed our opinion. On those properties, Um, this is something we used to like that we no longer like, or something we didn't like but actually came to like. You know, whatever the case may be. Uh, I will kick it off. I'll go first. Um, So uh, first up for me, um, it started in, in after 2005, after the cancellation of Star Trek Enterprise. I used to blame uh executive producer rick berman for the fall of the star trek franchise on television um you know i i I felt that you know he was you know trying to do too much um i felt star trek there was no saturation and people just got sick of it and you know and they just left and then eventually it got canceled but in the years since then especially these last few years um you know, watching a lot of documentaries and stuff on, on Star Trek, I, I've come to realize that Rick Berman wasn't the gu- wasn't the guy to blame. He he was just uh, the guy in charge, but he wasn't really in charge. He he was just making the best of a bad situation. So what what do I what I mean is, when Gene Roddenberry died back in 1991, prior to that, he, he basically. Um, Hand over, handed over stewardship of Star Trek to Rick Berman. And Rick Berman, was you know, he co-created Deep Space Nine, Voyager, uh, Enterprise. He uh, helped uh, make the four Star Trek Next Generation movies. And, he w- you know, he was the guy that was in charge. And what I didn't realize is even though Roddenberry made him the guy in charge he still had to answer to Paramount and still had to answer to CBS and all them. And they were the ones that were like, we need more Star Trek. We want you to do this and this and this. So, for example, uh, when Deep Space Nine went off the air, they wanted him to make another Star Trek series to run with Voyager. And And he put his foot down and said, no, like, we need to, you know, reconvene. We need to, you know, be more, you know, there's, we, there's just too much Star Trek right now. And they said, fine, but when Voyager ends, we want another Star Trek show. So Rick Byrne said, okay, whatever. You know, when we get, we get there, we get there. So when Voyager came to an end in 2001, uh, UPN and Paramount came to him and said, like, we need you to make a Star Trek show. And he's like, no, uh, we're going to take a couple of years off. We're going to plan one out. And then we'll come back. You know, like, let, let's let let it breathe a little bit. And basically, the executives told them, well, either you make a show or we'll find someone to make a show. Like, basically, it was like either you do it or someone else is going to do it. But it's it's happening. So that's how we got Star Trek Enterprise. And then ultimately, yeah, when... Um, is it Les Moonves? I think that's his name whenever, when he took over Paramount, he, he, cause apparently he hated Star Trek. And so he canceled everything. Like he stopped making the movies. He stopped making the TV shows. And, um, I always blamed Rick Berman because I, you know, he was the guy that was in charge, but it turns out he wasn't the guy in charge. So my opinion on him changed when I realized that he was, you know, just trying to make the best of a bad situation. And, you know, now, you know, on, you know, reflection, he did a pretty good job, you know, considering what he was up against. So that, my opinion, of Rick Berman has changed. However, now it's kind of coming out that he was a bit of a chauvinist, and he was kind of not very nice to certain actresses uh, on Star Trek. So now, you know, my opinion of him is changing again to, like, maybe he was a jerk, but just not, for the reasons I thought he was. Uh, but for now, I'll just leave it there. You know, I'm sorry, Rick Berman, for blaming you for s- destroying Star Trek. My opinion of you has changed. All right. Uh, Kevin, what what's first up on your second opinion? All right, I'm going to have
3: one that I liked that I now just don't bother with. Um, So growing up, and I would say up until... God, not that long ago, five years ago, four years ago, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, I loved all sorts of like paranormal shows. Um, You know, you're I I remember watching In Search Of with uh, Leonard Nimoy, you know, voicing over it. And I watched sightings and I watched ghost hunters and, you know, ghost this and ghost that and. You know, any anything looking for a paranormal, a supernatural, a thing that goes, you know, bump in the dark. Yep. I loved all those shows. And I I had a podcast I would listen to all the time. And a, a family member um was doing his own po- podcast about UFOs and stuff like that. Like, I was in on all of it. Hmm. And out of nowhere one day, I'm like, I have watched this stuff for give or take 25, 30 years. And nothing has changed. We're still looking for stuff we can't prove. We're still taking fuzzy pictures. We're still running at shadows and strange sounds. I'm like, nothing has changed. And I've spent a lot of hours watching nothing, really. Like, all of a sudden, the switch went off, and I was done with all of it. Because I you know as as just like a dumb entertainment thing fine of course but for me like hoping one day is going to be like the big revelation it's never coming it is never coming for anything chef shows. and i i still you know have an open mind for discovering things that are unknown for maybe one day something will happen But it's not going to happen on a random show on Sci-Fi Channel or A&E or whatever the hell channel this stuff is on now. Yeah, like that's 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 not where the breakthrough of science and mythology, in a way, is going to happen. Like it's not going to be one of these shows. It's going to be something else. And I I just out of nowhere, I stopped watching all of it. I got rid of DVDs. I was deleting, you know, like downloads and stuff just completely done in one shot with all of it now the the only thing it hasn't quite happened yet but uh maybe a month ago my kid was asking me about stuff like that you know uh do ghosts actually exist does bigfoot actually exist you know like stuff like that yeah so i showed him what was i think we found a youtube video that was like top 10 uh you know, things people recorded that can't be explained, you know, something silly like that. And we watched one, he was like, oh, that's cool, that's creepy, that's scary, that's whatever, and then he never asked anything again, so he's not really into it right now either. But that would be about the only way I would ever get back into it, if he was like really curious about it and wanted to watch. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just done with that stuff.
2: Yeah. Um... That's like, uh, those, uh, reality series, uh, oh, I can't remember what they're called, but it's like, they're searching for gold, like in this, Yeah. and, it, and like, I have, uh, uh, one friend, he was Curse of Oak Island or something. Yeah. I don't know.
3: It was it's one of those. Four seasons, nothing happens. Yeah.
2: And I told him, I'm like, why do you, why do you like that so much? And he's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, like you know, they might find this treasure and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but do you think that if they actually found the treasure, you'd probably hear about it on the news before you see it on this show? Because, I mean, that would be like breaking news. Uh-huh. So, you know, you keep watching these shows, it's not going to happen. And I I, I, I I think I deflated his his love a little bit. I, I felt bad for, for just spelling it out for him, but.
3: Well, even like, all right, deadliest Catch has had major things happen, and it makes news because it's a very popular show. And then a few months later, you actually watch it as part of the season. Mm-hmm. But you're well aware of what happened because it's such a big thing that it's not part of the, the season anymore. Yep. It's now news. And that would be the same with any of this stuff. And eventually, it's just like you need a return on investment. If yeah. I'm watching a show, I expect to be entertained for or a movie, you know, for X amount of time. I expect a beginning, middle, and end. And all of this stuff is a beginning, a middle, and nothing else. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm not getting anything back for this. If if anything, I'm kind of feeling worse sometimes.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I hear you, Kev, for sure. That that's a good one. Um, Ragnar, uh, w- what's, uh, first up on your second opinion?
1: Well, I, I only prepared two, although I'm sure I can pull more from the air if I need to. Oh, we're only, we're only doing two, so you're, oh, you're, oh, you're good. All you're right. good. Yeah. I did all my homework. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is Game of Thrones. Mm. That's what and by that, I mean, that the the final season, and really the final two seasons, so miserably bad that it turned me off the entire franchise. But I'm now watching House of the Dragon, and even though Game of Thrones didn't end that long ago, I'm already getting that kind of nostalgia of, like, maybe I should watch it again. I just won't watch season seven and eight. So that's what I'm going with for my first pick. It's Game of Thrones because man, did they ever shit on their fan base? And I I boycotted the whole property for quite some time.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad that you're you're watching House of the Dragon because I think it's fantastic. I, I'm I'm that's as soon like I, I I can't watch it fast enough. I love it. Um. It it does really remind me of the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones. So I'm you know fingers crossed. I'm hoping, you know, they've they've learned
1: what not I to mean, do. I, I haven't I haven't read the book that it's based on, but <laughs> I will say, for me, it's like the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones, but not nearly as compelling. There, there's not as many characters, and they're not. Involved in as many subplots. Yeah, remember in season one of Game of Thrones, like you know, you've got Daenerys starting her journey, you've got Bran starting his journey, you've got Ned Stark ending his journey. Like there were so many characters. This show doesn't have nearly as many characters, and most of them aren't all that interesting, with the exception, of course, of Matt Smith, who's just gleefully evil. And, and Honestly, really, if he um, wasn't in the show, I don't know that I would love the show no. to any degree.
0: I'm actually curious, uh, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when people when when did they announce they were choosing Matt Smith for this? A lot of people were like, after seeing him in Doctor Who, because he was so goofy. Yep. Um, they were like, eh, I don't know, but did his the way he plays this character like so just. Insane. Can you, have you been able to separate him from the doctor? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the trouble I have is that he looks too much like the Witcher. See.
0: Okay. Thank
1: you. That's the problem I'm having. I don't have any trouble with him not like him and the doctor. No, no problem there. But I'm like, man, he looks like the friggin' Witcher. <laughs> so. Can
0: I got a Draco Malfoy like live going yeah. on? So.
1: And I'm like, hmm. He's not a bad Witcher. That'd be a fun. They, you know, have him and Henry Cavill team up. That'd be fun. I,
2: well, thankfully, I never wa- I never really got into The Witcher, so I, I don't have that problem. But the thing is with Matt Smith is I kind of felt that way going into watching The Crown because he for the first two seasons he plays Boy. Prince Philip in The Crown, and and immediately because he's such a good actor, like he really is. Like I I immediately does didn't think of the Doctor. Like I, I just saw him as Prince Philip. Uh, so I kind of feel that way about. About him in, in uh, House of the Dragon, but um, yeah, it, it's such a it's such a shame what happened. Like like with Game of Thrones, but what to, to your point, Chris or sorry, Ragnar about um, you know like yeah, on Game of Thrones first season, you had Daenerys and Essos, you had Jon Snow at the Wall, you had Ned Stark uh, in King's Landing, you had. Um, uh, his wife Catelyn with Tyrion going to the Vale, and then you know Rob, you know like there was so like like there were so many different uh, stories running concurrently, whereas this show is just like this one story in King's Landing, like we're you know like yeah they like we finally saw uh, Storms End, we saw you know a few different places, but it's not like it was in Game of Thrones. Um that first season, but they're, they're different books. Like they're, you know, like the, the way, um, uh, uh, Fire and Blood was written is it's written as a, as a history piece. Like it's a history book. Whereas Game of Thrones is written about characters living their lives as it's yeah. happening. Um, so this is more like a historical drama versus Game of Thrones was just like a straight up drama. If that makes
1: sense. Um, Okay, that's interesting. I mean, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it or anything. I'm just saying that, like, the level of complexity that Game of Thrones had is not present in this show. Yeah. Like, it's like Game of Thrones, but there's only, like, you know, one main plot. Yeah. Maybe, maybe two, maybe. And... That's not necessarily bad. It's just, you know. Yeah. It doesn't seem as grandiose. However, the conclusion of all of those different subplots is what made Game of Thrones so bad and why the fan base, people like myself were so angry with the showrunners because we were so invested in these stories and then their ending was just so unsatisfactory. Yep, yeah, agreed.
2: So your opinion on Game of Thrones hasn't changed, then?
1: No, it's changing because I'm now willing to go back and rewatch the first six seasons. Yeah. Okay. okay. And, okay. and previously, I wasn't even willing to do that. <laughs> okay.
2: <clears throat> so House of the Dragon has opened that up for you to, to yep. revisit.
1: Yeah. Because
2: yep. yeah, the first six it, seasons it has were made pretty me good. want to
1: revisit Westeros.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, there were some good points, like season seven and eight, there were some good things like, you know, like, um, the, the train heist or whatever, you know, like when Daenerys for, you know, the Dothraki attack, uh, the Lannister army, like that was really cool when that happened. But, you know, again, it's like, they, you know, at that point, they just, yeah, there's no turning back, unfortunately. But anyway. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Lillian, what's what's your first second opinion?
0: Okay, so this is one of those moments where I realized when you become a parent that certain things change.
5: Mm
0: -hmm. So I remember going through all these things where I'm like, oh, my God, you have to watch this. Like, come on, kids. And it became a firm, hard no uh, when it came to mostly anything that Leslie Nielsen had been in.
5: Ooh.
0: Uh, yeah, so like I grew up watching his movies and I grew up on the comedy and, mm-hmm. and it was something that I, whether it was The Naked Gun or movies like that, like I love Police Academy, I love Police Academy I love it more than I can say um, and, and so maybe I should just broaden that to the genres from like the 80s like or stuff like that. it's so inappropriate like I can't watch it with my kids it's just uncomfortable in some places and i mean i still appreciate the movies for some of the humor but now when i watch them it's it's very it's not as funny and it just seems like it's inappropriate and it's not ill-timed and i'm like either i've turned into like an old person or i just my humor level has changed um But that's something that I had to take a step back and go, "Hmm, nope. So, like, I don't own them like like I used to. I don't have the collections, and I don't think I will probably have them in the future. And, I mean, I'm kind of actually, like, I still love them. Like, when Police Academy came out on streaming, I'm like, I have to watch this. And then I quickly was like, I have to watch this when my kids aren't around. (laughs) No, no. But um, yeah, no, that was definitely a surprise when uh, I would go to look at something, and I'm like, "Who's in it?" And if it had Leslie Nielsen in it or anything like that, I had to be like, "It's not something I can watch around the kids." So
2: you so, you you still enjoy them, but not as much as you within used.
0: reason. Like, I don't find it as funny. I just think some of it is unnecessary, and some of the jokes are just nowadays just not. Acceptable? I don't I don't think they're... They're not acceptable. And I think it's just... I think my level of humor has changed in some ways because a lot of the sexual comedy is just really... Whether it's making fun of fat people or making fun of ugly people or making fun of body parts. Maybe I just don't think boobs are that funny anymore. I don't know. Good, You know, that's
1: a good point. That kind of humor at that point in time was really great. And when you watch it now, you're like, man... This is not good.
0: But it's, is it, is it the slapstick element? Like, I downloaded an audio book uh, that was done by – I don't remember his name. He's a comedian. But it was the, the history of comedy, and it talked about the different levels of comedy and how some things never change.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And humor has – humor is humor in any way, shape, or form. You basically always have, whether it's family, friends – Society, like these are the things that we laugh at. And I think in that nowadays, our culture has shifted since the 80s. So it's not as, we don't have to be as risque. Like we still have jokes about the same things. I think we word them differently. Um, Well, I just.
2: Yeah. One thing, like, uh, you know, I hate to bring up Bill Cosby, but. One thing I will give him credit for is he was a clean, what they call clean comedian, mm-hmm. and it's harder being a clean comedian. It's way easier to to throw out a dick and fart joke, um, yeah. and get a la and get a cheap laugh than it is to actually, you know, do a clean joke. Um,
0: exactly.
2: And
5: yeah,
0: and I, yeah. I mean, I enjoy humor of all kinds. Like, I think it's fantastic, and I, I definitely. Uh, have no issue for anything if, it, if, if it's a different level of humor, but I do definitely look at things differently when my kids are around, and at the same time, I look at. I think it's just—is it appropriate for nowadays? So some of yeah. the jokes are just not as funny. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. They definitely—they were of a, a certain time. That's for sure. I mean,
0: do I still quote *Police Academy* sometimes? Yes. Will I forever do that?
5: Yes.
2: Well, yeah, especially when it, you know was such an important part of your life when you were a kid, you know.
0: I believe my mother left us watch like on like growing up. My mom was I think she said the other day, I can't believe I let you guys watch Ace Ventura.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, I just had a thing for Steve Gurtenberg, so
2: excellent. Yeah,
0: that's my number one.
2: All right. Uh Mr. Chris Guida, what's uh, number one on your second opinions?
4: Oh, you couldn't have picked a harder topic for me. See, I rarely change my opinions, Mm -hmm. and I've also noticed as I age, especially, I'm becoming more more bitter. (laughs) And there's lots of things I hate. And lots of things I used to love that I absolutely hate now. So I really struggled to actually try and find the other way stuff that I used to dislike and now think it's okay. It's, oh well, it, it can go so the other I, way I too. I was looking for days. No, no, no. I I, I put a lot of effort into this. Okay. I tried to be positive for a change. Okay. So, I'll start with the easy one. I used to dislike South Park. Hmm. I, I just I understood why other people liked it, but I would always tended to go more towards The Simpsons or Family Guy or that style of humor and especially that style of animation. Yeah. And, and I just never really got the popularity of South Park. Like, it, I did not find it offensive or anything like that, it didn't bother me. I just had no interest in watching it. Now, I've actually caught myself numerous times kind of chuckling at some of the stuff they're saying. I'm wondering if it's not because as time goes on, uh, some of their humor is actually standing more of the test of time than a lot of the other things that have been out there. Um, Like, if you look at some of their old humor, a lot of their old jokes actually hold up where, you know, you look at the average sitcom from the late 90s, early 2000s, it's already pretty dated. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's not part of it, but yeah, I actually found myself enjoying South Park, which is weird, but. Excellent. Yeah.
2: Um, all right. Well, I, for my second, second opinion, I'm going to go the opposite of of what you were going with Chris. I'm going negative. Oh, Um, perfect. Bring the hate, bring the hate. Well, the thing is, I don't want to, I don't want to hate on this show, but and and it wasn't completely bad and at the time I was just was loving it but now that you know hindsight's 2020 20, looking back I'm like man that really wasn't as good as I remember uh and that is actually uh the Kenobi series that just came out this year oh. obi wan Kenobi it was really poorly written um agreed. Yeah, like I, I mean, I was excited having Ewan McGregor back, seeing him, um, being Obi Wan. I was like, this is I'm 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 gonna love this, and seeing you know like Hayden Christensen coming back, you know like the the lightsaber fight uh, fights I think were pretty decent, um, but there's certain things that just don't make sense, and honestly, this series. Obi Wan looks like an asshole at, at the end of the series. Um, because like for like well, for starters, I find there's a few things. I find it hard to believe that Obi Wan didn't realize Anakin was alive. Because you gotta think. You know, the Empire, you know, it's ten years later, the Empire's been around. He knew Anakin had taken on the Darth Vader name uh mm. during Revenge of the Sith. So you gotta think, like, I mean, he, he had to have heard that, you know, there's this Darth Vader, you know, he's the Emperor's, you know, go-to guy, and he's going around, you know, hunting Jedi. Like, I mean, the, like, there's for him not to know that Anakin was still alive is really far-fetched, I find. Um, Him dressing like a Jedi and trying to stay in hiding, like... Like, when, when he went off-world to go rescue Leia, spoilers, I'm going to spoil some stuff here. He, he dressed in his Jedi robes and stuff, and it's like, dude, you know, you realize they're hunting Jedis. You know, don't make yourself look like a Jedi. Uh, but he totally does. And I realize Alec Guinness did it in the original Star Wars as well, but I could I could forgive that because that's like 20 years later, so people aren't really looking for Jedis anymore at that point. But in this series, it's very much a thing because, you know, the, like the Inquisitors show up on Tatooine looking for a Jedi and they and they kill him. Um, like the, the other Jedi, not Obi-Wan. Um, and then there's other things like I, I really f- find it hard to believe that uh, Obi-Wan would not... Because, I mean, he's the whole point of him being on, on Tatooine is he's supposed to be protecting Luke, and then when Luke gets old enough, he's going to train him. But how can he train him when he doesn't even remember how to use the Force? Like, I really don't think it's something that you lose. Like, you either have it or you don't. But on this show, they were trying to tell you, like, because Obi-Wan didn't use the Force for so long, he's forgotten how to use it. And I, I really find that hard to believe. That really bothered me in hindsight um you know and then little things like you know when leia's running away from him like he could easily catch her but he doesn't you know like there and uh, i watched this one video on youtube where the, the guy actually shows like different times like when she was literally when in arm's reach and he could be you know, like in that scene when she's running away from him in that city he literally could have just grabbed her but he didn't like you and McGregor just let her go for the, you know, for the sake of the story, I guess. Um, and then the the character of Reva, I think that was her name. Um, I really didn't like her, and it's not nothing against the actress, um, but I don't know, like they're trying to redeem her at the end and trying, but it's like. You can't redeem her. She she's a murderer.
1: She kills people. Like like. Okay, so if I could jump in for a Sure, second. sure. Yep. Absolutely. So she starts out when we first meet her, she's like the most evil Sith wannabe that we've ever encountered. Yeah. To the yep. point where she murders like her her superiors. Which at first I'm like, this is ridiculous. If every Sith just murdered their superior Immediately there wouldn't be any Sith. Mm -hmm. Like I understand that they're not trustworthy and all of that, but it was just like this is ridiculous. And then later on we find out that she's actually supposed to be a good guy, joined the bad guys and became badder than them just so that they would believe her because she wants to murder Darth Vader. That was fucking awesome. That was an amazing twist. That redeemed the whole character. And then they fucked it up because then when her initial plan fails, her new plan is to go and find Luke Skywalker and murder him to get revenge on Darth Vader, who doesn't even know that Luke exists. And also, if you are supposedly a good guy, murdering children is not on the table. Yeah. so it, it just like it her whole arc didn't make sense it was like two different arcs so that by the end and then at the end when obi-wan doesn't kill her you're just like what the fuck is going on like obviously if you don't kill her she's just going to come back and do it again yep and now she knows where luke is like
2: what yep and and uh, another example of you know the poor that's writing right
1: that's yeah. all that is. that's bad writing
2: Another example is Obi-Wan letting Darth Vader live. Like, he, he literally had him on the ropes, and he could have just, like, ended it right there. But he walks away from him. So Darth Vader can go on and murder more people. Because that's what yep. he does. So, Obi, like I said at, at the beginning of this, Obi-Wan comes across as being, like, the world's biggest asshole. Because, like, like, before, I could, I could buy that Obi-Wan was looking after Luke, he wasn't getting involved. But he, when you pit him against Darth Vader, and he is in that position to end, you know, this Sith Lord, he doesn't. And he lets him go, and Darth Vader, as we know, goes on to kill and murder more people. Um... You know, like they sh- like if they wanted to keep, you know, because obviously they can't have him kill Darth Vader because then we wouldn't have the movies. If they wanted to keep that, they should have had that other Inquisitor, you know, run in with a bunch of stormtroopers and chase Obi-Wan off the planet. And then, of course, Vader would be pissed off because he ordered them to stay on the ship. But then the Inquisitor could say, well, the Emperor ordered us to, to save you and you are supposed to contact him as soon as you're able to. And then you could have had that scene where where he talks to the emperor, and basically gives up on on chasing after Obi Wan. Like they should, you know, like it it it's like the ingredients were there. Like it visually, it looked amazing. You had Ewan McGregor, uh, the guy who played Owen Lars, and uh, Baru were back, um, and Reva, Like uh, again, not knocking the actress. I think if she had been written. Um, better she, she would have been perfectly fine in that role like she did play a good evil chick you know like like she was scary at times but then they tried to redeem her and it just it doesn't work you know like she's she's lit. like you literally saw her kill people she's she's irredeemable yeah, didn't make, at this point it makes sense
1: yeah so i just some yeah, better writing. Right, it's just it's really poor writing yeah
2: and, and that and that's bottom line like if if yeah. they had improved on their writing, because, like, like I said, even, you know, the, like the actress who played Leia, I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. Oh, she was
1: incredible. Yeah.
2: You know. Um, she, was, she was top tier. But, and then, yeah, they just, it, it was so close. It was so close to being perfect, I think. You know, if the writing yeah. had just, if they had just sharpened it up. And, you know, like the whole Reva thing, I think. To me, it smelled of Disney interfering, saying, hey, you guys can't have her be evil. She's got to have some sort of redemption arc here. Honestly, Um, I
1: think they could have had the whole show without her, and it would have been just fine.
2: Honestly, yeah, like that Grand Inquisitor. I kind of would rather have watched him.
1: Um, The other two Inquisitors were more interesting characters.
2: Yes. And then this whole notion of, you know, like she literally got stabbed in the gut twice. Like, the first time I understood as a kid, the Empire probably saved her because they wanted to, you know, turn her to the dark side. So I get that. But the second time, um, she pissed off Darth Vader. Darth Vader stabs her in the gut. How the hell does she get off that planet? You know, because I really don't think the Empire was going to leave a ship for her. Um... And then like she just she just wrapped some bandages. You know, to me it was like the like the Arya Stark, like when she got stabbed in in Bravo. Yeah, it was
1: totally like that. Except with Arya, at least you saw her suffer for a
2: long time. Yeah, she did suffer, but still it was like
5: mm, eh
1: yeah. no, you got stabbed pretty good. I think that was just the Obi Wan show had just really bad writing. And yeah. It's really tricky to go back and write a story that's set in that time period, you know? Yeah. And it's also like, you look at Ewan McGregor and you go 10 years from now, it's, he's supposed to look like Alec Guinness. He yeah. doesn't look like Alec Guinness now. Yeah. You know? And it, like it's like, this is Alec Guinness. When we met him in star Wars, he was an old man. Yeah. But Obi-Wan in this show doesn't look like an old man. He looks like a middle-aged man. Yeah he but he acted
2: like an old man like that's the thing like he acted
1: like an old man but he, he acted didn't look like, like an old man. yeah
2: he didn't look like it so um, um, was so yeah i i found that strange but yeah it's 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 too bad like i mean they had great actors it, the special effects were awesome lightsaber battles were were
1: yeah were they had a huge good. budget yeah
2: like it it was fantastic like it it, it just needed that extra they needed a better uh, a better writer to uh, to run the show or something to sit in on it and make things make sense. If they had made sense of things, it would have been
3: perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, Reva's plot where she's actually a hero was a great plot. But then when she decides to then murder Luke, it's like, well, that makes zero sense. Yeah. Exactly. I should have just had her be like, actually, I was a hero, and she either saves Obi-Wan or saves Luke, and that would have been a great ending.
2: Yeah. But, anywho, <laughs> uh, so my opinion is Obi-Wan... At first, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But then second opinion, not so much. Not so much. Uh, Kevin, what is your second second opinion?
3: Okay. So when I was younger and, and of a young age when people are still enjoying it and loving it, mm-hmm. I have a limit on something being too stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm, all, I'm all for stupid and entertaining but some stuff I just found too stupid and I don't like it um, like uh, Lillian was mentioned you know the um, Leslie Nielsen movies and then Ace Ventura like Ace Ventura I like The Mask I like Dumb and Dumber I don't it's too stupid for me it's just a step beyond for some reason and one of the things I always thought was too stupid and I couldn't stand was Ernest. Mm. Yeah. But now, as an adult, I realize how good of an actor Jim Varney was in playing the Ernest character and then all the other characters he would play within the movies, the TV show, whatever. And I have respect for him acting so well to play so stupid and then looking at it as a silly kids thing with shockingly good acting on it for what he was doing. So I'm still not like a huge fan, but I have this weird appreciation for it now. Like I can respect it at least. And not want to run out of the room if someone's playing it. Yeah. Um, and two, like, I never, uh, just a side thing for it, like, I never hated Pee Wee, even, you know, during the arrest and everything. Mm-hmm. But now there's so many people there looking at Pee Wee's Playhouse as, like, an actual really good educational kids show. It's loud, it's bright, it's obnoxious, but there's actually like, you know, some intelligence in there too, and some, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it's like going to school, but you know, a kid could learn something along the way there. So I just, like, with the the Hey Vern, it's earnest and stuff, and I, I couldn't stand it, and I couldn't stand the catchphrases, and I, I, I just cringed, and I turned the channel as fast as I could. And I would get mad if, you know, that was on instead of something I wanted to see. But now I at least, I, I'm i more in on the joke, I guess. And yeah, it's, um, it's, not, it's not quite a dislike to a like, it's a dislike to a tolerance.
4: You were right the first time. <laughs> um, you might want to reconsider again.
2: Um, when I was a kid, I, I liked the first few Ernest movies. Like Ernest goes to camp, um, I, I liked that one. Then there was Ernest goes to jail, um, and then it, it just got yeah too many, like it was too too many Ernest movies. Um, but Jim Varney, he he he's he was a great act. Like I really liked when they did that remake of the Beverly Hillbillies, and the, and he was like the the dad. In that yep. movie, I thought he was great. In that, um, he did an episode on The Simpsons, which I thought was great. Where uh, his family, like, he he plays like the the head of a. If I'm uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, he's like a gypsy or something. Him and his family, and they just like move into the Simpsons house and basically kick them out. Um, oh, that's
3: early Simpsons, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and and. Then they got to, like, trick them into him and his family. They got to trick them out of their house. Um, Yeah, like, he he was a a good actor, I think. Oh,
1: he Um, was a phenomenal actor.
2: Yeah, yeah, he just got, uh, you know, typecast. Kind of like Leslie Nielsen. Like, Leslie Nielsen is a good actor, and he's, you know, he is funny. But he really got typecast in that doofus, goofy role. Um, Oh, yeah.
5: When he could
2: actually be serious and funny, and I don't think I think people kind of forgot about that, because um, he was a, a dramatic actor before he became a a, a comedian.
5: Mm.
3: So, yeah, once once Naked Gun was out, that was it for everything he did after that, pretty much.
2: Oh, uh, I think it was Airplane. Airplane was the one where yeah, they it was Airplane Man. Yeah, when when they're like, hey, this guy's actually pretty funny. Like let's Is that let's the one where he the...
0: used the line, Don't call me Shirley? Yeah.
2: yeah. Don't call me Shirley. I love yeah.
0: that so much.
2: Yeah. I am serious. And don't call me sh- sh- Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um Excellent. Well that 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 was a good one, Kev. Um, Ragnar, what is your second second opinion?
1: So, um this one is from when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I' Did not like Ren and Stimpy. Mm. I, my friend always talked about it. Yeah. And when I finally saw it, I thought it was really stupid. And I didn't like it, and I didn't appreciate it, and I hated it. I rewatched it as an adult, and it is freaking awesome. Uh, especially the, the earlier seasons. It is so not a kid show yeah it is so raunchy and full of like innuendos and subtext and and all of that but it was awesome and so i guess as a kid i just didn't get the humor Mm -hmm. because as a adult I, i it was weird and it was funny and i love it so that's that's my second pick Excellent. And, you know, that is, too, you know, whenever I rewatch it now or watch an episode, it is such a weird show. Mm-hmm. You almost wonder, like, how the hell did this ever get made? It's so weird. I I remember watching
2: it uh, like my cousin when he was living with us. Uh, you know, back when I was like, I don't know, thirteen or fourteen. He used to watch Ren and Stimpy, and he really liked it. I remember, I remember enjoying it, but I never really watched it after he he moved out from our place. It's one of those shows that I've always thought about going back to, to check out to see if I would enjoy it. Um, I kind of felt I, I kind of felt the same way with uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, yeah, because like in the early two thousands, I mean, like I think it start. I want to say it started in like ninety nine. SpongeBob SquarePants, um, something like that, something like that, and uh, my roommate at the time. Had a, a, a young daughter, like so. This is like I don't know, twenty-one years ago, um, and she was into SpongeBob. That was like her her jam, right? And I remember thinking, this is so stupid. Like, you know, like I would kind of leave the room, right? I'd I'd let them have the living room, and I'd go do my own thing. Uh, when he would have his daughter over because I just, I couldn't stand Spongebob. But my buddy liked it because that was the only kid show of her, that she liked that he could enjoy. But I thought it was stupid. It wasn't until my kids started watching Spongebob, and I actually, you know, cause I, 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 I didn't have the luxury of being able to leave the room uh like I did with, with my roommate. Like, when I had my own kids, I actually had to stay there. Uh, You're and,
4: such a better parent than me.
2: <laughs> and, uh, I I was like, hey, this is actually kind of funny. Like, some you know, some of this is actually pretty hilarious, uh, and I and I grew to appreciate it after that. But anyway, uh, enough enough of me filling up the airwaves. Lillian, what is your second second opinion?
0: Okay, so this one some people don't believe me on because I am a ridiculous nerd. But when they first started coming out with Marvel movies, I hated Thor. I hated the movie Thor. I, um, due to his past chaos, I was not a big fan of Robert Downey Jr.'s. Mm. um, And I was like, eh, I went years without ever watching Marvel, some Marvel movies just because I had no interest in them. Mm. Um, And so the fact I know so much about them now doesn't negate the fact that I avoided certain parts of like the Marvel universe yep. because I just, at that period of my life, I thought it was stupid and um, didn't make any sense. And even though I knew the comics, I just, I didn't know. I didn't like Chris Hemsworth. I didn't know who the heck these people were, which I apologize to Tom Hiddleston for forever, not loving his face. <laughs> um, like stuff now but in those moments I just it wasn't my thing I thought it was stupid but to be honest I hated Thor more than anything because I loathed Natalie Portman so I hated Star Wars because of her I hated Star Wars because of so many things but I, I did not like her character I did not like her acting I did not like her so immediately it soured it Um, she's been redeemed I did really enjoy the new Movie and I enjoyed her in it. Um, so I think it was right when the pandemic started, or Gwen was born, one of those. We had a lot of time on our hands. And Dan made me sit down and watch all of the Marvel movies in chronological order. And the look on his face when he realized how many of these I had not seen. <laughs> was hilarious because that's how it started i he made a comment and i went i haven't watched it and it was because i hadn't seen end game and i hadn't seen any i think i hadn't seen infinity war either and he made a comment and i was like well i haven't seen that so and and so he looked at me and went no we're not doing this you have to start from the beginning hmm, and um uh, i think it definitely watching iron man adjusted my opinion of Robert Downey Jr. completely. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to know other films where, uh, you know, whether Chris Hemsworth is in it or um, I had more time to appreciate the beauty that is Tom Hiddleston. Um, a lot of these characters, I got to get to know the the actors more, so I found I liked them. Um, and I, of course, forgave Natalie Portman. Um, but I hated the Marvel movies when they first started coming out.
2: Interesting. Yes. I only
0: now slightly hate some of the stuff they do because it feels <laughs> as if they're just doing fan service and stupidity.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I, I still love the Marvel movies. Uh, there's a few I don't like. Unfortunately, the incredible Hulk is probably my least favorite Marvel movie.
1: And he's one of my favorite Marvel characters. There's been a, a actually, the, the last bunch of Marvel movies have all been not that great. Like, the last truly great one was um, the last Spider-Man movie.
2: That yeah, like that,
1: yeah, that was fantastic. That was the last really good one.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but, anywho, uh, Chris Guida, what is your second second opinion?
4: Okay, before I get into that, I just want to point out that the rest of you are letting go of your hate way too easily. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's alright to hold grudges against some of these things. You don't have to like everything. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) That being said, I've kind of let go of my dislike of Walter Simonson. Oh, interesting. He was always this growing up, he was always a renowned artist. Mm-hmm. People seem to have loved him. But yes. when I looked at his art, I always found it very, very stylized. And it just wasn't for me. I mean, I looked at what he did in the seventies. And at that point, I think he was still, I mean, relatively young. And I found his characters to be a bit blocky and, uh, slightly not out of proportion, but, uh, drawn at weird angles. Yeah. And then he really came into himself and he grew as an artist and he started experimenting a lot more, a lot more painted covers. He really dug down deep into the stylized art, but it wasn't traditional comic art that I enjoyed. I found it actually made stories harder to read. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just one of those things where I would find a Simonson book and I might add it to my collection because it was part of a run or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I generally wouldn't read through them. I would just skip over them. Now, as I get older again, I'm starting to appreciate a lot of the details that he put in. Uh, It might be me slowly switching over to be, uh, to enjoying uh, writing more than art now. Um I'm not sure, but at this point I'll pick up a Simonson book and I'll read through it but happily. It doesn't bother me anymore. Where before it was a definite turnoff and I would leave the book aside.
5: Yeah. Um so.
2: Yeah. I, I honestly I kind of felt that way about Jack Kirby when I was younger.
4: Uh, definitely. Uh, Jack Kirby's one that I think takes Time and age to actually appreciate what he was doing.
5: Yeah, because
4: oh, there's a lot of heavy inks and mm-hmm. weird stylization that, again, yeah, it's not the same as everybody else, and it just comes off as odd at first.
2: Yeah, it does. And but one of the things with Jack Kirby is when you see like his like when uh, like his original pencils and stuff, it's amazing the detail that guy put in, and and the fact that the guy would do. Uh, like, five or six comic books a month. Like, there's artists now that can't even do one comic book a month. And he was doing, like, five or six, and, and he was, like, co-plotting. And, yeah, I, like, as I got older, I definitely developed appreciation for Jack. And, and I completely understand what you're saying about Walter Simonson. I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, these older artists, I kind of appreciate more now that I'm an older guy myself. But, uh, excellent. That was a good one, Chris. Um, and everyone, uh, they they were all good, uh, second opinions. Um, so we're at the 59 minute mark. Do you guys want to, um, do a round of brain candy?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm down for brain candy.
2: Excellent. <laughs> I was hoping you guys were going to say that. um. So we'll, we'll go in reverse order. Chris Gaida, what do you have this week for brain candy?
4: Uh, mostly mold, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll go with the most recent thing I've been watching because I watched it a couple hours ago. Um, it would be this season of Stargirl. Oh, yeah. Uh, been following along with the series since it began mm-hmm. and have genu- generally enjoyed it. It's definitely a lighter-hearted approach to the superheroes, but that's good. I mean, it's not comedic, but it's definitely more aimed towards kids than adults. Okay. Which is good, because I think we need that sort of content. Yes. Uh, This season, we're only four episodes in, I believe, but I'm finding this season is a little bit more of a drag than the previous two. But the previous two had strong villains. And this season, we don't even have a villain revealed yet. So they're going up a little, uh, against a little bit of a mystery and doing a lot of callbacks to previous characters. But we don't even know what fully what the plot of the season is yet. And I'm finding that four episodes in, it's becoming a bit of a drag. Hmm. Which is unfortunate, because every yeah. other aspect of the show is... Very good. I like the characters. I like the actors. Uh, Actually, a lot bigger name actors than you would expect. So, uh, but overall, I would still uh, give it a pass. I still enjoy it. I'm still tuning in, so.
2: Excellent. Yeah.
4: Um,
2: I watched the first few season one episodes, but I just got so bogged down with everything else. It's one of those series that I want to go back and revisit, for sure. Excellent. Uh, Lillian, what do you have this week for Brain Candy?
0: Okay, so... Disappointing Netflix shows? <laughs> um, what was the one I watched? Ugh, now one second. I have to go back for my... I hated it so much. It was so just... It was terrible, and it just made me very sad. Well, so, it was some... I don't remember. Oh, that was it. So it starred, Um, I love Bones. I loved Emily Deschanel in Bones. Mm-hmm. So when she came up with a new show called Devil in Ohio, I was like, oh, creepy cult things. I am here for this. It's the whole girl found with weird pentagram etched into her back in the middle of a cornfield. They can't find a social, like a family. So the psychiatrist ends up taking her home. It sounds like it is going to be a ride. And then, no. No, it was not. It was so boring. Like, I hate TV shows that prey too much on jump scares and eerie music and what's going to happen around the corner and the, oh, no, hold your breath, and nothing happens. Nothing happened the entire season. Like, aside from some ridiculous base plot points that were absolutely Mary Jane stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. I was so angry with Netflix. I was so mad. I was so ready for Spooky, and they gave me something that's been done 500 times over. Um, Not happy. Um, Cobra Kai was amazing. Um, The new season of it, I I actually wanted to, like, throw stuff at Silver, (laughs) um, which is just because he's fantastic. And at the same time, I have... This season was a little better than the last season where you're supposed to suspend the belief, obviously. Um, and my belief that children could get away with half of the crap that they were without the police or someone being involved mm-hmm. uh, was not as this season was more believable. I didn't actively go, where the hell are these children's parents? Why is nothing happening? How were they allowed to break property and rules and, and laws? You know. Yeah. how kind of and I did see something on Reddit that made me laugh my ass off where it was um spoiler alert for anyone just skip this if you haven't seen it but just the whole oh no we will allow beating we will allow um abuse we will allow verbal this, and um, um, emotional abuse we will allow threatening your family and destroying your property but dear god don't you ever cheat I'm done <laughs> I'm done like um it just it was <sighs> So, just even the moments that felt like it was just pure fan service because bringing in a character from a movie once upon a time, like, was it was so good. It was so good. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I think we're only about four episodes in, but yeah, it, it, I agree, Lillian. It is a lot better this season,
0: which means you already know that he's a douche and he cheated, so like, that's fine.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's not a surprise. And I, I, when people say um well it's too cheesy and, and uh, it's like i got to remind them you guys this takes place in the karate kid universe like it's this isn't like our universe like this the the rules that applied to karate kid in the 80s that's what these characters are living by so that's why you know teenage you know like cuz really who who's go- why are our karate tournaments so big in this world
4: like really well i heard a, a good fan theory on that I don't remember all the details, but essentially, uh, the valley that Mm -hmm. they live in, that everybody's so concerned about, is actually the nexus for martial arts chi energy across the universe. (laughs) (laughs) And the key is they have to protect it, because whoever controls the valley basically controls all the chi. Oh. So, you know, it may seem like a trivial kid's thing at this point, but, you know. It's if true. you can control all the dojos you control all the power
0: well it does expand hmm. in this season it does go international yeah so you get a bigger picture but like I don't know I think that in in so many ways this is one of those moments where those of us who love the karate kid are okay with it being cheesy and yeah. stupid
5: yeah absolutely
0: because it's just so good it's so good um and enjoyable well,
2: um and then hmm. it, it it's a good it's a good break from reality. Like that, like it is.
0: Uh,
2: that's one one of the things I love about it, and one of the things I think is wrong with television nowadays is you you want to escape reality by watching a, a television show. You don't want to have political messages and all this other stuff put into your TV shows. And, and Cobra Kai, I think, really doesn't do that. You know? which is
0: nice, because yeah. you're very right about that. It's just you don't know, you know what's going on in the world, but there's sometimes this nice break from it in your yeah, face. Yeah, right? no.
4: I mean, the most unrealistic thing about the entire show is that there's a karate tournament going on and it's not just 10 parents in the stands playing on their phones waiting for it to end. (laughs) People are invested in this. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Um, And then I think the only other thing I'd add is a friend of mine messaged me the other day and said, how's life? And she told me she was watching the show on Amazon Prime called Alone, which was like Survivor, but... Oh yeah, yeah,
1: I watched that.
0: Oh my gosh, so... I got home and I said to my hubby, because I started watching it at work because I was bored and it was a long day and my brain shut down. And um, my hubby, was he's not a Survivor fan. He hates it. And I'm like, no, just please give this a shot. They dropped these 10 outdoorsy badass guys in (laughs) BC. They dropped them on Vancouver Island. And all of a sudden they, they have to like forge from themselves. And of course, Vancouver Island is a very wet place. Mm-hmm. So the guys are cold and wet and there's bears and cougars and they pansy out at having to be around a bear. And they keep saying over and over again, I didn't come here to be like around bears. And my hubby and I look at each other and go, did you do no research?
5: <laughs>
0: Hello. Um, and it's actually really cool because unlike Survivor where, you know, there's a film crew, these guys have to film it themselves.
1: Oh, okay. so, basically, it's basically yeah. Survivor Man as a reality show.
0: Exactly. So they get dropped off. They have the camera equipment to They'll, lug themselves. They only, to
1: take, they only get to take ten items. Yeah. Plus their clothing. They also get a, a first aid kit, and then a bunch of camera gear, and they have to film the whole thing. Hmm. And, and they have to they set have out a satellite like, phone, so they can tap
0: yeah. Out. And they can tap out, and so they basically have to set up. They have to, and I ended up on Reddit after this. So they have to film like eight hours of footage a day kind of thing that's part of the deal um and then they set up motion cameras around their camp as well and they also have apparently there are other cameras set up to in case people are cheating um but that's it so like the reality of watching these guys try to start a fire on this sunshine rainy coast and the fact everything's wet and they're not able to start a fire is the most realistic, honest thing I've ever seen,
5: mm-hmm. and
0: it it really made me respect it. Going okay, so I don't have to worry about any like they, they don't. It's not easy. Yeah, I'm invested in this. Like I want to know how long these guys can go. Yeah, so they, that they that was like nice.
1: Two two or three months. Some of.
0: Them. Well, they, yeah, they're they, they are being paid while they're out there, obviously, because they wouldn't just leave their family. So the guys who tap out pretty quickly, I'm like, all right, I understand. Um, but for the ones who so far are staying like mad respect because it is true like there are we do have a ton of bears out there the cougars are not nice there's wolves like it's
1: cold and wet it's cold the
0: cold and wet is what would get to me probably the most because i don't do well when i'm cold and i don't do well when i'm damp and the reality is everything's damp yeah so that was a nice little fun treasure so if you're ever bored and you want to go watch some guy's one second, say they're all manly, and the next being like, screw this, I'm going home. It's
2: fantastic. Excellent. That actually sounds like a reality show I'd i actually watch.
1: You know, I, there's I, no I will inter- say, like, I watched the first season, I loved it. I watched the second season, and I still really liked it. But as the seasons went on, I did start to lose interest. Well, yeah. They do, they do change where they drop the people off to go to different places, but... Mm-hmm. After a while, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, it's sort of just the same thing every time.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By all accounts, Season 7 and Season 8 tend to be people's favorites. Oh, yeah? Uh, They're the two first ones they had in the Arctic.
5: Ooh!
4: uh, um, Yeah. So they've had a couple seasons in Labrador. That's where they are now. Uh, a few seasons in Vancouver, but they had a lot of problems with uh, COVID and restrictions. And depending on uh, the time too, they've got a lot of hunting restrictions and what you can and can't catch. So their filming time is keeps getting cut short. Oh,
0: okay. That was going to be one of my biggest questions about the hunting and, and the restrictions and stuff.
4: Well, that's so you would think that in a lot of cases you could go out and do things, but you depending on the area that they're dropped in, they can't use hooks for the fish or sorry, they can't use barbed hooks. Some areas you can't use nets. Um, You're severely restricted depending on the season, but what type of game you can catch. So even if you see a bear, you can't shoot it or a deer depending. Mm. So, Uh, They tend to have the least amount of restrictions. And you you see a deer and you can't eat it. Yeah, what a morale killer! Morale killer. I mean,
2: (laughs) (laughs) excellent. Um, All right, Ragnar, what do you got this week for brain candy?
1: Well, um, I am definitely watching Andor. I didn't I make it to the I didn't and or what the third episode I only got the first two. Oh okay,
2: I haven't actually watched it yet. But what, what without spoiling anything, what are you? What are your early yeah, thoughts?
1: I won't offer any spoilers. It's really boring. Oh, it's it's it feels just like the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Oh, but no, it's like the first two episodes, hardly anything happens. Yeah, the plot has barely advanced. We don't really know much about the character that we didn't know already. And I got to say, and I, I'm going to watch all of it, even if it doesn't get better. But I got to say, so far, I am super underwhelmed. And and I'm extra hmm. disappointed because the trailer that they released for it looked freaking awesome. It did, yep. And so far, it is not awesome at all. It is quite dull. Maybe they're building up to something, but well, oh man, I I got like I
4: I, I think they are uh, having. I mean, it's basically a prequel series to Rogue One, which is which is so after actually reading the books that are written before Rogue One, uh, directly build, building the Death Star and. Mm-hmm. things like that, which I think is actually probably the best thing that they've done with the Star Wars universe in quite a while is right in that particular uh, niche storyline.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I You can see a little bit of hints and certain characters and recurring things pop up. Hopefully they continue on with it, but it has been very boring, I agree. Hopefully it'll continue to uh, build and actually you know, fill in the gaps in the storyline. Yeah. it has been a very slow build.
1: Yeah, I'm very underwhelmed. I'm very and I also, I'm like, they keep giving us these shows where they're like, we're going to tell you the story of the rebellion in its early days, and then the story's not about that. Like, Obi-Wan could have been about that, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And or could have been about that, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be. And I just am like, why do they like? What is the ultimate goal of these shows? And if if you're trying to flesh out the universe, why don't you flesh out the universe?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm pretty disappointed. Um, I was I was really looking forward to it, and when I saw there was three episodes that I could watch, I, I thought like, well, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna stay up late and watch them. And uh, I watched the first two. I'm like, no, nah, I think I'm gonna just go to bed at my regular time. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe it'll get way better. Rogue One was one of my favorite Star Wars movies. So I'm hope I'm hopeful, but yep. uh, it's not rocking my socks yet. That's for sure.
2: Well, hopefully by the next time we record, I'll have seen it and be able to give you my thoughts. Hopefully, yeah. I'm. I'm yeah, like that trailer just looked phenomenal. I, this is one I was looking forward to. But well, I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin, what, what do you have this week for brain
3: candy? Um, mostly DC heavy. Uh, I mean, I, I have, I'm up to date on she Hulk, yeah. which, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually the go-to for certain family members and for people at work and all to explain Marvel things to them. Yeah. So my current shorthand is, uh, I just told him, I said, it's Marvel's first sitcom. It's a workplace sitcom that's all, just go with that mindset. Yeah. And people are like, oh, okay. And it, it seems to help. Um, for DC stuff, uh, finally watched Justice League Dark, and made movie, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm just like, you're pushing Constantine a lot. I love Etrigan the Demon. is kind of weak in it. You know, Swamp Thing's interesting, but barely there. Like it's it's just your magical, supernatural based characters for DC. So it's okay. Um, my kid wanted to start Young Justice, and I never watched it. That's good. That is such a good cartoon. Um, but he's just full on on a Robin kick. So if Robin's in something, he wants to watch it now. Cool. And he really wants to be Damien Wayne's version of Robin for Halloween. And I cannot find a costume online I'm at so, all. I'm
0: so proud that he's going with Damien. So proud. Like, you should be so proud of that kid.
3: Oh, I am. I am. But I, I'm just like, how am I going to find a Damien Wayne Robin costume? And I'm seriously debating, like, could I make one by mm-hmm. Halloween? I'm, yeah. d- I'm debating it. Um. We watched, I don't think I don't think we'd watched it when last we recorded. But uh we watched Batman Ninja. Okay. Oh yeah. my Oh my god, that's good. That hmm. is so good. So uh a, a villain is trying to do like this time and space portal thing at Arkham Asylum. It blows up, and everyone that was involved in the battle gets flung back to feudal era Japan. And all of the Batman villains end up becoming like, uh, I forget the right terms, but you know, in charge of different, you know, uh, areas of Japan and all feuding with each other and with Batman, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's anime art style, but then they also do stuff. That's like scenes that take place in somewhere else. That's like that Japanese watercolor art. And it's beautiful. It's such a cool different take. And everyone's everyone's costumes are redesigned to fit in with it. Mm-hmm. It was just so cool. Absolutely loved it. Um, and then uh, my kid and his Batman and Robin kick. Uh, there's someone on YouTube. We, uh, I, I don't remember the name. But there's someone on YouTube that's pretty much like, hey, here's the comics I read. And let me tell you all about them. And he's a couple months behind. So he's not like spoiling stuff that just came out. But he starts talking about deceased, DC deceased, deceased, oh, deceased. Yeah. yeah. And he starts talking about that, and my kid and I are just like, "Well, this sounds really cool." So it's pretty much DC doing their zombie, their universe-spanning zombie story, yeah. And it's crazy because they, you know, it's an alternate world. They they don't have to go back to it or do continuity, so they just go nuts and like. You know, most people now would say, oh, well, Batman can figure it out. Batman can figure out anything. World's Grace, Detective, he'll solve it. All right, fine. We're taking Batman off the table, first issue. Like, that's it, done. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. And I'm just like, holy crap. So it's there's a six-issue mini, and then they did a, f- a few, like, extra ones, and now they're tying it back to the original So I got the first two books out from work and then I found the rest of it online and we're going to just whip through it. But for him loving Damien as well, there is a super, it's issue two, incredibly intense scene between Bruce and Damien that we were losing it and we had to stop because my kid's like, I think I'm going to cry. Hmm. And I thought this is the first time he has ever read something that has gotten that level of emotion out of him. Yeah. For that alone, this is worth it. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm just trying to like, I, I, I'm teaching him how to read a comic, too. So I'm explaining like, okay, this panel has no words, but that doesn't mean nothing has happened. Like there's a reason why there's no words in here. it's because we're taking a minute, we're taking a beat, we're breathing in the scene you know mm-hmm. like everything had for a reason I'm explaining it so when this when the scene happens in it i i'm I'm ready to lose it and I'm explaining to him I'm like, I don't think you realize everything happening here, and he was ready to cry for it. It was just so amazing but it has him so excited to read, though, too. Like, this is the most he's been excited to read in a long time. Excellent. So, as, as soon as he's with me, he's like, we gotta read more of it. We gotta read more of it. Yeah. And reading, you know, you know, an issue, a chapter, whatever you want to call it. And he'll look at the clock and go, can we get another one in? I'm like, yep. We can get another one in. Let's go. That's awesome. Uh, Marvel did a Marvel zombie series. Oh my god. Like, 15, 20 years ago now, I think. Yeah, with Kirk. Quite Kirkland. a while ago. Yeah. I think this is so much better. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not just like, oh, zombies and they eat things. there There's a lot going on to this. Yeah. A, a lot of character dynamic, a lot of stuff changing. It was just so good. And I, I skipped it when it was coming out in, at my comic store. I had no interest in it at all until seeing this YouTube video. And now we're both hooked on it.
2: Well, that's good. Uh, um, I'm glad you guys are liking it. And it, Anything that gets kids reading is, is a very good thing. That's awesome. Um, all right, well, I have a couple things here that I'm going to just rifle out. And then I got one that I think might warrant a quick discussion. I'm sure people will have an opinion on it. Uh, first thing, you, last night I went and watched Clerks 3. I'm not going to spoil uh, anything. Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Um, so this is Kevin Smith's latest movie in the View Askew universe, and I loved it. Um, oh, uh, sweet. Yeah, I laughed, I cried, I you know. There's there's just a couple things that uh, I wish he would have done, um, and I'm and I'm not gonna spoil anything. But uh, it's definitely worth going to see if you can see it. I know it's a limited release. Um, Like I think in Edmonton, it's only playing in two theaters and on two different days. So this might have been the last showing in Edmonton. I'm not sure. Um, But a lot of Kevin Smith fans were there. So that was really cool. And if you stay till the end of the credits, Kevin Smith actually talks to you. Um, Halfway through the credits, he explains some things. And, uh, and he basically does like what Tom Cruise did at the beginning of Top Gun where he's like, thanking you for coming back to the theater and all that kind of stuff. Kevin Smith kind of does that, but it's a recording as the credits are going. Uh, so I, I was ca- hanging around cause I was like, maybe there might be a mid, you know, mid credit or end credit scene, you know, like he might, you know, um, but there was just that message. So that, that was pretty cool. But yeah, if, if you are a Kevin Smith fan, if you like the Clerks movies, um, one one thing I will say, this one isn't as crude as, like, say, Clerks two. Um, like Kirk, Clerks two, I don't know if it would get made in today's movie environment. Um, so this one isn't as crude. Uh, so that that and it and it works. It's good. Um, and also as a Kevin Smith fan. Um there was a character I thought was going to show up in this movie that didn't show up. Um and if I ever meet Kevin Smith I'll say I'll I'll remind him of this character and see if you know maybe he thought about doing it or bringing this character in. Um but yeah, it's if if you love if you love Kevin Smith if you love his View skew Universe, definitely worth it. Um it was fantastic. Uh, and what, oh yeah, um, I finished the audio book, uh, by Jeanette McCurdy, uh, it's called I'm Glad My Mom Died, um, yep. so the, the audiobook was written, it, obviously the book was written by Jean- Jeanette McCurdy, I had said a few weeks, oh, about a month ago when it came out, a month and a half ago, that it was sold out on Amazon, you still can't get a physical copy of this book, it, it, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a bestseller sold out can't get it so i got the audiobook and i definitely f- it i feel feel for her you know and the and the and what she had to endure as a, as a child star uh definitely worth a read if you can get the physical book and definitely worth a listen it's it's about a six hour audiobook it it, it you know it, it was good all right so my last thing about brain candy is i want to talk about board of the rings i mean. Lord of the Rings,
1: the Rings of Power, or Boredom. Boredom of the Rings is correct. Uh, I think I'm out. I I didn't even get through Episode 3 before I stopped watching.
2: Yeah, Episode 3, after that, I'm like, "Uh, I can't do this. Like, I I, I want to. Uh, It's just too boring, and it's such a chore to watch. Like, I'm literally looking at my watch saying, is this over yet? Oh, yeah. Um... It's Halfway heart- through
1: that third episode, I realized I'm not even watching this. I'm just playing on my phone. Yeah, This is terrible.
2: Yeah. It's heartless and soulless, and that's the best way I can describe it.
4: It um, fits in with the rest of the Tolkien universe.
2: <laughs> in a way, no, no. And it's funny. Like, I watched this one YouTuber, and he said, I bet you guys are, are uh, thinking uh, the Hobbit movies ain't so bad now. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. I think I might actually go back and and finish watching those movies now. Um, So a few things. Galadriel. Oh man, I don't like what they've done with that character.
1: No, the actress is great, and she could kind of even look like Kate Blanchett sometimes, but they've totally perverted the character. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they turned her into a Mary Sue uh, that is all-powerful, and Better than everybody, and I I, I I just don't like that. Apparently, she can swim across an ocean.
1: Yeah, she can swim across an ocean, and like she
2: yeah, you know. and she she's not at all like the Kate Blanchett portrayal. Um, oh. the writing is abysmal, and I completely understand well why, why Tolkien because there's a lot of controversy surrounding the show. A lot of Tolkien fans are outraged at what they're doing with the show.
5: Oh yeah,
2: and. I think, Ragnar, when you and I recorded last, I said, this is kind of like what, I think this, what this series is for Lord of the Rings and Tolkien fans is what I feel the Disco- Star Trek Discovery is to Star Trek.
1: <laughs> yeah, man.
2: You know, like, it's like, I want to, I want to like it. I want it to be good, but it's just, it's not. And You know
1: what? I would, I would rather go back and watch Discovery than, than continue with Rings of Power. Honestly, Because Discovery yeah. had elements that I did like. Rings of Power has not got a whole lot that I'm digging. No.
2: It, it really doesn't. Um, and, yeah, like, like Galadriel, I want to like her. And that's the thing. Like she, She's supposed to be someone that you're cheering for. She's supposed to be your protagonist. But I just don't like her. Like to me, She's just
1: she's so arrogant it's hard to like her.
2: You know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of Cersei. It's like it's like they 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 turned Galadriel into like a Cersei, yeah.
1: Except that she's like asexual. Yeah, Cersei was at least like sexy. Yeah, but this it, Galadriel's like all the bad qualities of Cersei without any of the even remotely good ones.
2: Well, and the thing is, Cersei was a bad guy. You know, like Galadriel, we're yeah. supposed to be cheering for her, but we're not because she's so unlikable.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, there's just so many things wrong with it. It's just crazy. Yeah, and it's and it's too bad. Like, I mean, it, it looks good. I, hey, man, I called it. I said this one was going to blow.
2: Yeah, and, and like, you, I think you were saying the last time we recorded about the elves. You know, oh. like, why are there old
1: elves? Like, that doesn't Why make, are there ugly elves? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and ugly elves. Like, no, like... I don't, I'm, I don't care that there's a black elf. That's fine. Cool. He's one of the better characters on the show. But, like... Why does he have short hair and look not like an elf?
2: He reminds me of Grey Worm off Game of Thrones.
1: Like, yeah, man. He's like Grey Worm's older brother. Yeah. Older, slightly tougher brother. So, yeah.
2: And it's unfortunate because I want to like it, but I just, I can't. It, it Honestly, it reminds me of the Wheel of Time series. Like, I just gave up on that one, too. I'm like, no. Like, I'm just not feeling it. Like. And I, and I totally get why all these Tolkien fans are mad, uh, because it seems like Amazon just doesn't care. Like, they're just doing their own thing. You know, like, they I think they would have been better off just creating their own fantasy
1: universe, and then they could do whatever you want. Yeah. our man, there are so many f- other fantasy book series that are awesome that you could take and serialize. Mm-hmm. And if you threw the kind of money that they had here, you could have probably done two series, the money they've spent on just this one season. Well, how much are False. they? Because they're at least guaranteed
2: two seasons, right? I I want to say it was like $2 billion altogether that
1: they put yeah, into it was the like thing. Well, they had to spend half a billion just to get the rights. And then they spent another half a billion to make the first season.
4: Yeah, I think it's $58 million per episode it worked out to. Crazy. Like, How long it's... are the seasons?
2: I want to say there's 10 episodes.
4: Uh, yeah, I think it's 10. It oh. it yeah.
2: So, yeah, like after episode three, I'm kind of like piecing out. Unless I hear.
1: I'm sure I'll, I'll go back and I'll be really bored someday and I'll go and watch it. But man, is it ever a stinker? Well,
2: the, see, the problem with me is I got so many other shows that I genuinely want to watch that I haven't got had the time to get around to watching. So. For this one, I made a point of watching it because I, you know, I love the Lord of the Rings movies, and this just doesn't feel like it's in that same universe. Like it just doesn't feel the same. But and and I mean, it's got nothing about you know race or, or anything like that. I just the writing is just bad. It's just not good. But uh, any does anyone else? have any opinions on has anyone been watching it
4: besides ragnar and i i have what do you uh what do you guys uh, think basically the exact same sentiment however i do like the little bit of a storyline of them uh digging a hole (laughs) oh yeah the the the, the, the scenes where they're digging a hole not so bad
2: because they're actually getting ready for mordor right like that's gonna be mordor one day yes yeah, okay, that's what I figured. And Lillian, your your thoughts?
0: I haven't watched it because I heard it was terrible.
2: Oh, okay. I, <laughs> okay.
0: I, I honestly, I have so little time to watch things that why would I watch something that the people that I trust? Oh.
2: Yeah, I just it's it's been a while since I've actually been bored with a show. Like I, I like like. Uh, you know, like I, obviously, I really like House of the Dragon. But to me, when I reach the end of the of the episode, I'm like, oh man, that's it. Oh, it's been an hour. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess I guess it was an hour. But and I that, think
0: when you like a show, if there even is a boring episode, you give it a pass because mm-hmm. you like the show.
2: Yeah, and it's too bad because I really did want to like the show. Like I, I'm like I said, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, not so much the Hobbit, but now, like I said you know based on what that youtuber said i might go back and
1: and rewatch uh, the hobbit the hobbit movies. movies the hobbit movies still suck but they suck in a very different way
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, I, they're I, not I...
1: as bad you know, what like... george lucas did with the prequel films is what peter jackson did with the hobbit yeah and i i and want it's just like dude if you if your heart wasn't into it and you didn't want to do it then just don't do it yeah well you no know, cuz just Didn't we do that it? when
0: we had if we had our magical genie wishes? And one of mine was that people who stuff was only made by people who liked it or who knew what it was.
2: Yeah. Uh well, what's his name? Uh Guillermo del Toro. He was going to make the Hobbit. Like I know that was a rumor.
1: Peter yeah, Peter was gonna produce it and write it, but not direct it. Yeah. He was sort of like, that kind of kills me. Yeah. And, and Del Toro was supposed to do it, but he wanted to change things too much. Yeah. And then there were some legal issues, and the, and the production got halted, and Guillermo used that as an excuse to just leave. Yeah. And and then Peter eventually took over it, because at that point they've already invested too much money. But it was obvious that, like, he wasn't passionate about it the way he was with Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah. Which, thank God, like at least we got those, right? Like th- those were good yeah. movies.
1: Those those are phenomenal movies, and they were, those movies came out like twenty years ago, and they still stand out. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, Kevin, have you had a chance to watch Rings of Power at all, or
1: not nah, any of it? And you're
3: not making me want to either. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but
2: anyway, that, that, that's all I had this week for Brain Candy. So. I guess uh, we can call this an episode. Uh, But before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Uh, So our special guest, Chris Gaeta, where can we find you, sir?
4: Um, At this point, pretty much just on Twitter. And I don't even know what my name is on there. Probably Alias Ego. Um, Yeah, I'm not a big user anymore. I hated it like everything else. There's nothing
2: wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Lillian, where can we find you? And and tell us a little bit more about your upcoming convention.
0: So, uh, we have the Pentacon Penticton's Pop Culture Festival, coming to the Okanagan Valley in beautiful British Columbia on the weekend of October 22nd and 23rd. Um, We're pretty excited about it. Um, We've got some amazing vendors coming out, fantastic guests. Um, and lots of fun little interactive things going on. So if you want to sit down and make chain mail, you can. You can learn how to do that. You can paint some rocks. We've got art battles, coloring books, competitions. Like, it's just going to be zombies. Yep. It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, and if anyone is listening and actually listening and wants to know more, you can go to www.thepenty-con.org um, and stalk us. <laughs> but me personally... Uh, I am an Inattentive Squirrel, so if you want to go find me, I'm on Twitter at Talking Squirrel, but talking has no A because we don't know what vowels are, uh, so it's Talking Squirrel.
2: Excellent. Thank you,
1: Lillian. Um, You're welcome. Ragnar, where can we find you, good sir? Well, uh, I'm on both uh, Facebook and Instagram as Ragnar the Trader, or of course you can just go to my website, RagnarTheTrader.com. And I just did the Edmonton Expo last weekend, yep. and um, it was phenomenal COVID. to be back. I had a amazing show sales-wise. It was wonderful to see you know, yourself, Chris, and, and all sorts of old friends and, and customers. Uh, but unfortunately, the week before the show, my girlfriend dumped me very unexpectedly. But, oh,
2: sorry to hear that, I'm man. I'm so sorry. And
1: I had been helping her start her own company with the goal of the two of us doing shows together and we had we did do one Regina Mm -hmm. and uh so because she was there with her company I had so much anxiety and, and I was so emotionally upset that like it was a very hard weekend for me I didn't I couldn't sleep any night and the whole show I was just terrified are you know, swinging between terrified and upset and angry and hurt that she was there in my world and not with me. And so it was probably the worst weekend I've had since the pandemic started. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. It, on a personal level, on a business level, it was phenomenal. It was an amazing show. Yep. Sales were great. It was awesome to be back. But on a personal level, man, it was
0: I'm kinda of honored to know the personal level side of things because you know, you're Ragnar, everybody loves you, but I mm-hmm. I'm I just appreciate you and I'm sorry that happened because you are one hell of an awesome person.
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much. It was if you uh, want
0: me to go throw things at her, I can.
1: <laughs> it was uh yeah, it was very shocking to me right. and uh it you know didn't get feel real. Still doesn't feel real and uh and of course, she's she's booked in for a whole pile of shows that I'm doing, so I'll get to go through that all over again in, like, three weeks' time. So uh, what kind of shows you got coming up, then? Um, so the the next show I have is the Lethbridge Handmade Market Halloween Edition. Okay, yeah. Which is typically the, the best version of that show every year. It, it's a show they do, like, uh, six of them in a year. Okay. The Halloween one is usually the biggest and best one. But it's not a particularly big show, so there is no way that I will not see her. <laughs>
5: mm,
1: yeah. The, the, a small show in a small city. And then the weekend after that is the Winnipeg Comic Con. Okay. Where I you know both of those shows and also a show in November, I pull like I called in personal favors with the organizers to get her a table. Mm. so that we could travel to the shows together. And then in the case of the Regina show, I actually gave up one of my tables so that she could have one. Mm. So to, to then be told that I'm not supportive and be dumped was particularly brutal. And I am already very anxious about being at all of these shows. Yeah. Well,
0: Sorry, we girls. need to you know if there are mutual friends there, maybe we can see if we can create a wall for Ragnar, <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah,
0: we've had to do yeah. that for events uh and friends before where there was moments where in the, within the convention world, obviously you interact with beings that you don't always get along with, so yeah. you form like a human chain connection, wow, so yeah, wow. If you need me back up. Let's see what we can do, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And I, and I got to say, um, like when we, uh, see, because this is the second time that my daughter has seen you Ragnar yeah
5: and, yeah, and
2: and she, and she thinks you're just awesome. Like she, she loves going <laughs> to your table, you know, like, you know, you give her, you know, a free pin, like, she, like that was, pr- you know, like out of all the money she spent and all the things she got, that was probably one of the, her favorite things was
1: getting oh, that that's pin.
2: Great.
1: Oh, so, that's great. You know, you're doing good things, man. You know Well, I, you know, I I'm not saying I'm an amazing person or any shit like that, but like well, we I try are. to be a good person and I, I like to make people happy and I prefer to build people up as opposed to tear them down. No yeah. oh. which of course just means it hurts extra more when yeah. somebody that you building yeah. up uh, tears you down. Yeah. Well
2: we're here for you, man, and sorry sorry to hear that. But uh, uh no. But it's good that uh, the shows are going good. Cause, and how was oh, yeah. how was Sunday on at Edmonton?
1: Was Did you have a good time? Yeah, oh, it was busy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was not as busy as Saturday. Like, Saturday was the big day, of course. But oh, Sunday yeah. was pretty steady. And there were people in there shopping right up until close. Excellent. If, you know. It wasn't like it died out at 4 and we just sat around twiddling our thumbs. Like, it was 5.05 and we still had people at the table.
2: Yeah. No, it, it for me, it like, despite all the, you know, the, all the cancellations they had, I thought it was really good.
0: Like, I'm so jealous of all your photos. Yeah. I hated everybody <laughs> who was at Edmonton. They were all, like, it literally seemed at one point that my entire Facebook feed was all my friends that were in Edmonton being like, ha ha, Lily, we're here and you're not. (laughs) And I'm just like, I hate you all so much. And I realized that like out of almost all the friends I have on Facebook, a good solid half of them are convention nerds.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And it's just not right.
1: Well, um, that's it. That's a huge part of why the pandemic was so hard for me was that mm -hmm. my social life and my most of my friends are tied up in my work, Yep. And most of them don't live in Saskatoon, so when I had to be stuck here for like a year and a half, it was just like so isolating, mm-hmm. and lonely. And you realize that, like, yeah, like you do these shows for years after years, you become friends with the, the customers.
2: Well, and, and fr-
1: then you, you get cut off from them. It, it, you miss them, and not just because oh, they buy stuff, but like you miss just seeing them.
2: I know, like, for myself, like, I didn't, re- it didn't really dawn on me until I was actually there. I'm like, this is, like, my first real big convention since the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And, man, did I, you know, like, I I, I, I spent a little too much money. But,
0: you know, like, like because
2: <laughs> Ragnar was one of the first people I seen at the convention. I think we, as soon as we walked through the door, uh, my daughter saw your table and she's like, oh, there's your friend. And we, we beelined it over to you. Oh, nice. And 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 Ragnar put it in my head about getting a picture with Shatner. He's like, you know, he's, get, he's getting up there, and I'm like, you're right. You know, like I guess because I, yes. no. yeah, yeah, I got my picture with him eleven years ago, and then I thought I was like, well, he's in his eighties, I better get my picture. <laughs> and now he's in his nineties. I'm like, and to be honest with you, I think he looked better this year than he did eleven <laughs> years ago.
1: Oh wow.
2: Yeah, like he was he was an. I don't know. He was in a good mood. And I got to say, this convention, it was like the best photo op experience I've ever had. Like, I literally was walking... Like, after I left your table, I went walking past the photo op thing, and I kind of just peeked in to see who was in there. And it was Shatner. So I was like... Wow. You know what? I'm going to... I think Greg honest. I'm going to get my picture with Shatner. And I just literally walked up to the girls at the at the gate, bought my ticket right there, and just went walked right in. Got my picture with them. Like, it was... And... By the time I walked around to where they print out the picture, my picture was already on the table. Like it was How so. How much
0: was it? I'm so curious. Uh,
2: it, it was about 140. It, okay. It, 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 it was a bit much, but like Gregnar said, I mean the guy's 91. You know, like it's probably
0: is he like, 91? He's
2: 91. Oh yep.
0: my god. So. I swear, when 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 Shatner dies, we need to dedicate like a full week just to speak. Like Shatner does. <laughs> like, it be, or we need to host an event or something, because I know that he's not always the most liked person, and he's had his, his controversies. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I swear, like, he is iconic for the fact that you can't not pull a Shatner when, when someone mentions how he speaks. You know exactly what they mean. And when you talk about overacting, you know exactly what they
2: mean. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, like, you know, like, we lost... Queen Elizabeth, we lost Betty White, we lost yeah. Stan Lee, you know, like, all these older icons are, are going away,
1: you know, like... Yeah, and, and Shatner hopefully isn't going away anytime soon, but it's not going to be that long.
2: No. I could see him hitting 100, to be honest with you, I, I think, yeah, because he's pretty but, active dude. But, but,
1: but even I mean then, there is going to be a point when he's just not going to do shows anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's pretty impressive that at his age he's at a Comic-Con doing meet and greets and photo ops. Yep. Yeah. And I think but he Just he, that alone is impressive. And
2: I think he came as a favor I think to the Edmonton thing cuz he came
1: oh yeah. after it a was, bunch they of had people so cancelled canceled it. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: So uh, yeah, kudos to him.
0: Seeing us the moment as an organizer, I understand the hatred for conventions when they have a wave of cancellations.
2: Yeah. Like I, I was feeling bad for Edmonton because they had a lot of cancellations and yeah, like kudos to Shatner for coming. And then like the clerks guys originally ca- all canceled with, cause Kevin Smith was supposed to be there too. And they all canceled. But then the clerks guys came back. Just not I was so with, confused with, with
0: them. Cause the last thing I'd been told was that they'd all canceled. Yeah. And then I was stupidly jealous.
2: Yeah, then they came back, and yeah, so it was extra cool going to see Clerks Three this week, having just met them. Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. But anywho, uh, Kev, w- where can we find
3: you on the internet, sir? Not at conventions right now. <laughs> There's there are no conventions going on in my area. I'm I'm feeling a little jealous here of Ragnar's schedule here. Um, but you can find me, most social medias, at Mask Library, is the home blog. I also write stuff over at the Retro Network. And I'm, I'm in the middle of adjusting my own writing. I kind of had a moment where I'm like, why am I writing, like, these 100, 200-word quick little things when the stuff that gets the most hits are, like, deep-dive, more, you know, introspective, more important things? Mm-hmm. So I was like, let, let me write more of that. So I'm changing it up, but I gotta, I have to finish the the research and the prep for it first. Excellent. I, I got good ideas coming up. Hopefully, I think they're good ideas. We'll see how well they are executed. Awesome.
2: Um. All right. All right. So I I guess we can call this an episode. Um. So I want to thank Chris Guida for, for coming on as our guest this evening. Thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure to have you on.
4: Thank you, and I apologize again.
2: And, for what? Well, no, we, we love having you here, man. Chris thank you.
0: Fantastic. All the Chris's are fantastic. Hell, I need a nickname that's just Chris.
2: Yeah, we yeah.
4: We could do that.
2: Yeah, technically we have three Chrises on tonight, which is above the Chris quota but
0: we also have a Kevin. So honestly, I think that I'm just the wrong letter of the alphabet today.
2: Um, no, you're the, you're the right letter of the alphabet every day, Lillian. Um, yeah, but, man. but uh, before we go, uh, um, the, so this part, I would say where, where you could find me on the internet. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, A friend that passed away recently um her name was Tracy and when I start uh, she actually um is she was one she was one of my babysitters growing up and unfortunately she passed away uh this week and she was one of the first people to read my blogs um she her and her husband used to read my blogs like back in the like when i first started blogging on facebook years ago um they used to read it and and comment and and laugh and and uh she she was uh she was one of the reasons why i continued blogging which eventually led into podcasting and and um you know one of the reasons why i'm here right now Um, but like I said, unfortunately she passed away. So Tracy, I'm thinking of you. Thank you for, for reading my stuff and, uh, you know, you you will be missed. So thank you. Um, all right. My name is Chris Lockhart. I was joined this evening by Kevin Decent, Lillian Knelson, uh, Ragnar and Chris Guida. And I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. This was our second opinions
5: episode, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.